0: And to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. And God's people said, Amen. A very, very exciting teaching today on Jesus in the Old Covenant. And we'll continue tomorrow. This is going to really bless you and establish many of you in the Word of God. Wonderful, Jesus. I thank you for your promises. I thank you, Lord, for your Word. Bless your people today mightily, Lord, and establish them in Jesus' name, meeting every need, answering every prayer. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Now, you know, I have read the Bible many times throughout my life. And early in my, in my experience, I discovered that the whole Bible is about one person, Jesus. It's a revelation of Jesus, and it changed my life. And so as you read the word, you see so many types and shadows. I'm going to show you today specific scriptures. Now, again, I'm not going to share everything with you because there's so much information. I will give you the headlines today and tomorrow. You're going to love this, I promise you. But think about the word Elohim. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth sheet. Elohim bara et ve et that word Elohim, this, this is Hebrew. That what Elohim is plural. And there we see the Lord introduced to us. Now, the word of God has many amazing types and shadows. You think about Adam being put to sleep and his side being opened. That's what happened to Jesus on the cross. You think about Enoch being taken up to heaven. That's a picture of the resurrection of the Lord. You, you think about the story of Joseph loved by his father, hated by his brothers, put in a pit, and then in a prison, then exalted. That's Jesus all the way. God revealing his son through through the story of Joseph. Or for example, Isaac, carrying the wood, going to the mountains of Moriah. That's the Lord carrying his cross. Or you think about the the feasts of Israel, for example. Every feast is the Lord. There are seven feasts. Passover, that's when the Lord died on the cross. Unleavened bread is the second feast, when he took our sins. First fruits, the third feast, when he rose from the dead, they were fulfilled. Then the feast of weeks or Shavuot, Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came. And then the feast of trumpets, the rapture, that's in the future. Then the death atonement, number six, the salvation of Israel. And that, and then the tabernacle, the millennium reign of Christ. All of it, here we see the Lord in every feast. Or you think about the tabernacle of Moses. Every part of the tabernacle speaks of the Lord. The gate, he's the way. The altar of sacrifice, the work of the cross, when he died on the cross. The labor, he is the word. The lamb stand in the holy place, he is the light of the world. The table of showbread, he is the bread of life. The altar of incense, he's our high priest. And the Ark of the Covenant, he is the glory of God. You see Jesus everywhere in the old covenant. You know what is so remarkable? The early church did not have what we call today the books of the New Testament. There was no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for them to read. There was no book of Acts. There was no epistles of Paul or Peter or James or John or Jude. All they had is the Old Covenant. And they found Jesus in the books of the Old Testament, in Genesis, in Exodus. And I'm going to show them to you today, some of them, of course, because there's so many of them. They found the Lord in Leviticus. They found the Lord in Numbers. They found the Lord in Deuteronomy. All throughout the Torah. And all throughout what is called the Tanakh. The whole Bible, uh, the, the Old Covenant. So, that is so important for us. 332 prophecies fulfilled in detail that had to do with the coming of the Lord the first time he came, the first time he came. Think about the chances of that being fulfilled in such details. Let's begin to look at some of them, all right? Let's begin with Genesis. Let's go to Genesis, and let's look at chapter 3 and verse 15. And the Lord is speaking, and he says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, thou shall bruise his heel. Speaking about Jesus defeating Satan on the cross, right there. We see it fulfilled in Luke 135, where we see the seed of the woman. When the angel visited Mary and said, That holy thing is the Son of God. The power of the highest will overshadow you. We see the same thing fulfilled in, in in Hebrews too. There's so many amazing scriptures here that you see both Old and New Testament. Let me show you one that is, I think, so remarkable. And that is in Genesis 12. Now you know these are clear-cut scriptures. The what I showed earlier were the types and shadows, like for example when Isaac was carrying the wood. That's Jesus carrying the cross or the tabernacle, or the feast, and much more than that, are all shadows. Now, this is something powerful. These are specific scriptures. So, in verse three, Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, and I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. There you have the gospel clearly given that the gospel would come through the seed meaning messiah the seed of abraham so in this wonderful uh verse it's not about seeds it's about seed jesus is the seed of abraham or you go for example to uh, chapter 18 of of genesis and verse 18 and you see God saying something very beautiful. He says, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Again, here you see Jesus. That through the Messiah, the seed of Abraham, the nations would be blessed with the gospel. Now, ladies and gentlemen, God is so specific that Jesus would come from Isaac, not only Abraham, and then Jacob. Look at Genesis 17, verse 19, you know? Now remember that Abraham had Ishmael too, but Ishmael is not mentioned as one who would carry the seed. It says here in verse, this is uh, Genesis 17, verse 19, and God said, surely thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed and thou shalt call his name isaac and i will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed meaning the lord after him so and that was fulfilled because in matthew chapter one we see very very clearly where he came from isaac it says the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. So here clearly we see the fulfillment that Matthew says that Jesus came from Isaac and exactly fulfilling Genesis 18 and Genesis 17. But then you go to Numbers 24, and the, and the word of God is clear, he would also come from Jacob. So when you go to Numbers 24, and you read, for example, verse 16 and 17, and here's what it says. Oh, this is marvelous. He hath said which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Seth. Now this was prophesied in Numbers 24, verse 17, that Jesus would come out of Jacob. It says, there shall come a star out of Jacob. The Bible is so clear that Jesus would come from Abraham in Genesis 12, from Isaac, chapter 17, and from Jacob in Numbers 24. All of that was fulfilled so clearly because when you read Luke 3, for example, it says, and Jesus himself, this is verse 23. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, which was the son of Jacob. Now, here I'm reading verse 23 and 34. So the Lord came from Jacob, fulfilling Numbers 24. And, and, and think about this, that he would come from the tribe of Judah. If you go back to Genesis 49, you know, these are amazing prophecies. 332 prophecies in the Old Covenant to do with the coming of the Lord. And now you look at uh, Genesis 49, verse 10, for example. It says, the scepter, this is Jacob speaking when he was dying. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now Shiloh is the name of the Messiah. So it's, it says very clearly that he would come from Judah. The scepter or authority of the kingdom will not depart from Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And Shiloh, Messiah, would come from the tribe of Judah fulfilled and given to us in Luke chapter three, again verse 23 and 33, and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, having as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, and then when you read verse 33, which was the son of Aminadab, which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Esram, and then Perez, the son of Judah. Beautiful. But here's one of the most amazing prophecies in Micah chapter five. I love this portion of the word of God because it talks about in verse in verse two, let's go together to verse two of Micah. It says, But thou, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah. Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. God predicting that God Almighty would become flesh, born in Bethlehem. Because it says that he would come and be born in Bethlehem, but thou, Bethlehem, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me the one to be a ruler in Israel. And who is that wonderful Messiah whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting? Wow. God Almighty, the same God who took Israel out of Egypt, the same God who divided the Red Sea. The same God who spoke to Abraham would become flesh. All here in this beautiful portion. And that was so fulfilled so beautifully in Matthew 2 verse 1. So when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. You know, There's just no way that such prophecies would be fulfilled in such detail about anyone. The chances are zero. And here you got 332 of them fulfilled when he came the first time. Look, for example, at Isaiah chapter seven. What an amazing book the Bible is. What an amazing word, the word of Almighty God. Let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to chapter seven, and let's look together at verse 13. Verse 13, wow. And he said, hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isn't that amazing? God is speaking this through Isaiah. At that time speaking to the king of Judah. He said, the Lord will give you a sign. A virgin will conceive. She'll have a son. His name, God with us. Emmanuel. Wow. Fulfilled in Matthew one eighteen. It says, uh, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came to, together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. She wasn't married yet. She was still a virgin. And that's what Isaiah said. A virgin shall conceive. Isn't that amazing? And then we, we see the fulfillment in Matthew 1, 1.18. And you talk about how the Lord even foretold that his son would go to Egypt. And, and that's what happened exactly. In, in Hosea, for example, 11 verse 1, when Israel was a child, Then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt, fulfilled in Matthew so beautifully. That's precious. All right. Let's let's go on from there. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, and let's look at verse 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. When at the first he, lighted a, he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. God here was talking about when the Assyrians would come and invade the northern kingdom. And he said how there would be darkness. But then he said, but that darkness will not be. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. Meaning when the, the, the Assyrians came to invade the land, when at that time. First, he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And afterward, did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people that walked in darkness, he's speaking about the invasion from from Assyria, have seen a great light. The same part of Galilee that saw darkness when the Assyrians came, now will see a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has the light shined. That Jesus would be ministering in Galilee, that he would begin his public ministry in Galilee. That the light would come to the place where the darkness was in Galilee. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. Galilee of the Gentiles. And that was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 4. Saints, I feel the anointing just talking to you about it. In Matthew 4, verse 12 through 17, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, same area that Isaiah mentioned that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death. Light sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach. Incredible. What are the chances of such prophecies being fulfilled? God Almighty fulfilled every one of them. I'm sensing his anointing just talking to you about the scriptures. How can we ignore the old covenant? It is the foundation of the New Testament. Or you or you go to Isaiah 53, which we, we we've all read, but I think sometimes people miss some of the most amazing scriptures, amazing prophecies of that amazing chapter. Here you see that Isaiah begins to prophesy, predicted that Jesus would be rejected by his own people. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground, hath no form or comeliness. When we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Meaning the Jewish people would not accept him. He's despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, Acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. And that's exactly what happened. Because we read it in John chapter 1. Where it says, he was in the world the world was made by him the world knew him not he came unto his own his own received him not john chapter 1 verse 10 and 11 fulfills isaiah 53 1 2 and 3 verse 1 2 and 3 or well, you think about isaiah 11 there's so much like scripture after scripture it's coming out of the of the old covenant about the lord by the hundreds by the hundreds and i'll go back to isaiah 53 and show you the work of calvary in such detail it's numbing it's numbing or 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 psalm 22 like you, you amazing truly more than amazing but look look at at uh, isaiah 11 verse 1 and 2 fulfilled in such details in the new testament there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the the Lord. And look what it says in Luke chapter two, verse 52. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and man, fulfilling Isaiah 11. What it says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. And here you read in Luke 2, that Jesus grew, increased in wisdom and in stature. Amazing. And finally, before I say goodbye, because there's more I'm going to share with you tomorrow, that's going to absolutely amaze you. Just amaze you, because it amazes me when I read them. Think about Zechariah chapter nine that was so fulfilled in such amazing, amazing details. Look at Zechariah nine, verse nine and verse 10. I know many of you have read those scriptures, but it's amazing to me when you go through them again, how the Holy Spirit uses his word to bring life to us. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king comes unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey, upon a colt. Wow, the fall of a donkey. And here you see the Bible. And by the way, this prophecy was, for example, spoken between 520 B.C. That's over 500 years before the Lord came. And now it was fulfilled in such beautiful details because you read it there in, in, uh, uh, in the Gospels. Lord, I give you the praise, I give you the praise. Wow. So we read in John chapter 12, verse 12 through 16, on the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees, went forth to meet him, and cried, Hosanna! Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he, when he had found a young donkey, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. And I'm again from Zechariah. And he says, behold, thy king comes sitting on a donkey. He said, these things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they, that they saw these things. That these things were written of him. They had done these things unto him. And finally, I have just a few more minutes, that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. In the same book, Zechariah 11 and verse 12. Sometimes I read this in total awe. And I said, let me just go back to verse 11 and 12 of Zechariah 11. No, let me just read verse 12. And I said unto them, if ye think good, give me my price, if not forbear. So they wait for my price, 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized at at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. And this was fulfilled when Judah betrayed him in Matthew 26. Fourteen through sixteen, then one of the twelve called Judah Ascariot went unto the chief priests, said unto them, What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you, the covenant with him for thirty pieces of silver. And then even uh, we read in in the same chapter Zechariah 11 through 13 that Judah, let's just read it again. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, a goodly price I was prized at of them. I took the pieces, the third pieces of silver, cast them to the potter in the house of the of the Lord. And that is when Judah hung himself. And you read that in Matthew 27, verse 3 to 10. And 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 let me just read part of it. And Judah, then Judah which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I've sinned in that I've betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is this to us? See that, see thou that to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hung himself. The chief priests took the silver pieces and said, it's not lawful to put them into the sanctuary because of the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers. And what is this called here in Zechariah? It says, they cast them to the potter. The potter's field, in other words. And I took the 30 pieces of silver, cast them to the potter the same name for the field that they bought in Matthew. Saints, this is amazing, frankly numbing, And yet today many are ignoring the Old Testament, questioning it. How can anyone question such fulfillments of prophecy so powerful, so so, such details fulfilled? Be grounded today be established, I'm praying for you, come on. Stretch your hands seven. Be established in the word of the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Let his word be your foundation. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his word. Lord, establish them in your word. And establish your word in them. In Jesus' holy name, I give you the praise. Glory and all. Amen. amen. I want you to make this your prayer. Because this is my prayer every day. For me. I pray Lord establish me in your word. And establish your word in me. Because this is the only way. The only guarantee we have. That we will be secure. And one day we will stand in the presence of the Lord. And hear him say well. Done. Only the word will keep us. Hallelujah. All right. Join me tomorrow. This has been so precious. I know you felt the anointing because I felt it. Uh, Because we share the word. It's time to give. It's time to sow seed. It's time to say to the Lord, thank you for your word. Because it's an act of worship on our part when we give. And I'm going to ask you to give today generously. Give today to show the Lord your trust in him. Financially. That you, You trust him for your finances. Every time you give, you're saying, Lord, I trust you with my financial tomorrow. I trust you, I'll not lack. I trust you, my bills will be paid. I trust you, my financial needs will be met. I trust you. Lord, bless them as they give. Bless them as they sow. Prosper them greater Lord. Meet every need, Lord. I pray with those right now that are struggling financially. Give them a miracle. Give them a breakthrough. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benin.org. You can also text BHM45777. Thank you for being with me today. Please tell your friends to join me tomorrow as we continue talking about Jesus in the Old Testament. Much love. Bye-bye.